we're back. Okay, sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I agree because I think like these syndicated columns when they're they do well, like really resonate with people. I work at the Baltimore Sun and we have a columnist who um, has been there forever. He knows Baltimore backwards and forwards and people just love these columns about like here I was talking to this person or here are my thoughts on this or here are 20 things that you should do this summer when you have the chance and Mm -hmm. it's just kind of whatever he wants but people just love his voice and really respond to it and he even had like a one-man show in Baltimore based off his columns um so I think that's a cool idea I wish that that did exist maybe one of us should write it yeah I love a little bit sidetracked, but I love books that are, like, all letters. There's a name for them, I'm forgetting. But like, it's all letters. Yes, epistolary. That's, like, letters or, you know, receipts or columns. Like, I like that kind of... I'm not always into it, but I do like that general idea of books in a different format. I really like it, too. I feel like it's fun, engaging, quick read, usually. And it's nice to... I often, if I'm been reading a bunch of novels or kind of like heavy old-fashioned fiction um it's nice to have like a break with something like that um so I like it too I've only tried to do it in a short story one time for a college assignment and it was really fun I liked doing it I I don't think I ended up being particularly proud of the story but I would try that again um, I recently had an assignment where you had to make a Wikipedia page that was, like, about us and then, like, put links in it. Um, and it was, like, a story, but, like, each time we mentioned some reference to our life, we would, like, put a little fake link there, which is uh, fun, too. Um, what uh, What was the, the gist of yours? Um, this was a while ago, so I don't really remember, but I think it was just, like, tell the story of your life and then, like, each paragraph you had to have a couple of links so it was like when I was six I did this and then in middle school I did this and like stuff like that gotcha yeah uh the other notable thing about this book is that it is the first book that I checked out from the Enoch Pratt Public Library of Baltimore Exciting. yes uh because as I said before I always grew up as a huge bookstore person and I still am but I'm just loving the library now um <laughs> I, it's a long walk, but I've been liking walking during my summer, so I'll go on my walk, I'll get my book, and there is just so many things, resources there, you can, you can get cookbooks, you can learn about, there's a whole, like, Maryland room in the library, and you can, like, cool off, and, you know, it's just, like, such a good public resource for everybody beyond just, oh, I've been meaning to read that book, like, you can print things, you can use the internet, it's just, what a lovely public service. Love libraries. They're the one. There's one that's like two blocks from my house, and it's being renovated r- right now, which um, is not fun. And like during like finals week too, it was under renovation, and so we had to go to like one that was like half an hour away. And I really miss my branch, um, but I love libraries. Yeah, and mine has this uh, streaming service associated with it Ooh. too. Um, so you can stream all these movies. A lot of them are old or foreign or things you've never heard of, but um, that's so cool too. And um, there's also like a, a function where you can read um, newspaper subscriptions. And, you know, I always advocate that people should pay for journalism, 
but you know, not, not everybody can. Um, and so I think that's a great service too. And it is just mutually beneficial in the community. Yeah, totally. If we recommend anything on this podcast, it would be a library card. Yeah, I'm I'm so sold now. I don't know why I was trying to <laughs> I don't know why um, it took so long. I know. I mean, I do. I remember going to the library as a young child and really liking it, leaving with a stack of books. But I don't know. I just, it's how I grew up, I guess, because we lived not too far from this, just the most amazing used bookstore you've ever seen. I'm sure I've talked about it. Um, you have, but it still sounds really cool. But yeah. I think, I don't know, used bookstore is sort of the same and just a separate direction from a library. Um, but I do totally understand how they're related. Yeah, I mean, I feel like in urban places, a bookstore, you know, they can't have that much real estate, and so it has to be more curated and they're smaller, and used books end up being more expensive. Um, you know, not like prohibitively so you know but when I was growing up at that used bookstore they just had so much space that it was rare to find a book for like more than five dollars whereas I feel like in New York or in Baltimore the average book I pick up from a used bookstore is like 10 um so it just it did kind of feel more library like and that you know it it was still cheap and you Mm -hmm. could get so much store credit that it ends up canceling itself out anyway yeah but what have you been reading um I recently recently ish a couple weeks ago finished reading on earth we're briefly gorgeous by ocean vong which came out I think like maybe a year ago maybe in the fall um and it was really big when it came out and it like won all the bestseller awards and everything like that um and I hadn't read it for a while just because I hadn't gotten around to it. And then when I was at this writing program recently, um, we were reading poetry that he had written. And it was, like, of some poetry collection about his mother. And it was, like, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Where it was these very, like, prosy poems um, that would have not necessarily stories, but, like, very much more defined narratives. And I loved, like, every single one that we read. Um, and so I, when I got back, I finally read this one. which is like it's not a memoir and it's not an autobiography but it's like a fictionalized sort of take on his life and his experiences as a teenager um and it's really really good I started off not loving it just because like it was very not because it was not because it was a defined style because I wasn't really expecting it to be such like a poetic not very narrative voice it was like a lot of little tiny paragraphs that were each sort of their own idea and that totally did make up a larger story um but it each chapter wasn't really a chapter it was more like here's a collection of like ideas about this event and then as it develops it really does become more of a narrative and we see reoccurring characters and like he's getting older and all of this um but it, it's just really really beautiful and this this take on life and like his experiences that I haven't ever seen before um I highly recommend nice um that sounds really interesting structurally I guess I am having a hard time sensing what the book is actually about (laughs) um you know what what's kind of like the feel of it like where are we what's going on um 
I don't remember where it is, but it's some town sort of in the middle of nowhere. I think maybe South America. Not South America, South in America. Oh, like okay. in the US. Um and his he's Vietnamese and his mom immigrated to America um from Vietnam and it's about and his mostly about his mom and his grandma and like his life living with them. Um but it's sort of it follows a lot about like his first job where he worked on this farm with all these other immigrants who were living in this town and this boy that he met on the farm and like him his life like his first experiences as a queer teenager in like not a big city with like accepting cultures there um and it's a lot a lot about his mom and his relationship with her like almost overall it's a letter to his mom um it's not like a and so he'll reference like you a lot as while writing referring to his mom but his mom can't read and she never learned to write and so it's like this letter that will never be a letter that will never be read by the recipient which is really interesting and so it's a letter to his mom about his life but it's also like it is the author's letter to the author's mother but it's also this character that is him like going through his life I I really like that point of view thought um you know it's fair to see that kind of second person in general but then a letter to somebody that just is never going to be able to read it um I think that's a lovely more technical difficulties pause with us for one moment oh okay you're back should I I repeat that yeah okay I just think that's a lovely idea um second person point of view is rare enough already but the idea that it's a a very specific person you're addressing who just physically will never be able to read it and how that informs the way that he's writing Mm -hmm. or that the the protagonist is speaking I think that's a lovely idea for a way to structure a novel yeah lovely and like very painful by the end um but it's really, it's just, like, beautiful. Like, I, the writing is beautiful, and the stories are just, like, so real and poetic. And, yeah, really, really recommend. Now that you talk about it, I think that the reason that that title rang a bell is because I saw it on, like, a book banning list. Oh. Uh, so that's not too good. Um. No, I also... He's from, or he grew up in Connecticut, I realized, um, remembered, but I, yeah, totally, I mean, not understand why it's book, why it was banned, because I don't think any book should ever be banned, but I definitely understand why it would be on conservative lists as like a, Mm -hmm. oh, this is not a book that our children should be reading, which is such an awful idea, but I think it's a book everyone should be reading, um. And even if it has, quote-unquote, like, hard or, quote-unquote, bad topics, it's so, so good and so important. Agreed. It's not good to restrict knowledge. Um, But that reminds me that another thing that I saw on that list was The Handmaid's Tale, which, you know, is one of my favorite books. And, like, it just, (laughs) the irony was almost funny, you know, like, that 
that whole book is about a repressive society mm-hmm. where that controlled information and whatnot, so. Yeah, Handmaid's Tale in particular would be, like, just crazy to ban anything like that. Um, or anything at all, but Handmaid's Tale specifically, just, like, the, it is a book about censorship and banning and, like, suppressive governments that is then being suppressed and banned. I know. I, I think it's probably just because... I mean, there there are some, like, sexual things in there, but I think it's really because that image of the handmaid has been weaponized against conservatives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of, like, banned in retaliation. Right. But I don't know. Um, well, book bans are bad, but support local libraries. Yeah, that's our thesis. <laughs> the message of this episode. We're pro-library, anti-book banning. We'll be back next week on Buckets of Books. Back on Buckets of Books, talking about books we've recently read. The book that I most recently read was Ask a Manager by Allison Green. Um, and if you're unfamiliar, Allison Green writes a workplace column for New York Magazine, which is my favorite magazine. And I'm not normally an advice columnist kind of person, um, unless it's something kind of specific. I really like this one, and I like the New York Times uh, Ask an Ethicist one. Um, kind of more specific than just generic problems, but I'm somebody who obsesses about work a lot. Um, often wondering about like situations with your boss or your co-workers and really reading into that because it affects so much of your life and your livelihood um and so i enjoy these columns in the magazine they're usually situational they're more like oh my boss has been stealing my lunch or my co-worker is doing something crazy and they're funny and good but this one was, the book was mainly advice for just kind of every work situation you might run into that you have difficulty with. There were like general topics like interviews and asking for a raise, but also like what to do if your co-worker wants to be your friend and they don't want to be your friend, like all the social dynamics. Uh-huh. And so this is not my usual book at all, but I really enjoyed it. I just feel like I got a lot of practical info that kind of actually impacts my day-to-day life. So it was nonfiction? Yeah. That's cool. I thought at first that it was going to be, like, a fiction story told through advice columns, which is, like, oh, a whole different good. cool genre. Um, But I like that kind of format, because I think usually nonfiction is, like, even if the category, like, each chapter is talking about each subtopic that you just mentioned, like, they just feel very just, like, overwhelming sort of like splurting out information at you but I like the idea even if it's not like a literal column on the page I like the idea of like here's a short like you know excerpt on this idea 